This is Soul Saturations, the podcast, a transformational container to activate the light within you. I'm Kendall Merritt, your host and the founder of Soul Saturations. We are here to deeply connect with soul-centered sensuality and sexuality in relationships, business, and life so you can access your power and remember your true presence. Welcome back to another episode of Soul Saturations, the podcast. I'm bringing back my favorite human on the planet, Dr. Matt Zanis. And before we dive into apparently the climax of this four-part series... It's kind of like the partial climax. I guess. I don't know. So before we dive into it, we want to take just a minute to get (laughs) centered and tune into the energy of the container. So if you are able, take a few moments to close your eyes and take a few deep breaths. As we mentioned last time, we often don't take time to fully breathe into the present moment. So as you take some deep breaths, Think about breathing deep down, all the way down into your belly to fully expand those inhales. And with your exhale, move that energy up the top of your crown and out into your being. So as you take a few of these deeply expansive breaths, think about circulating this energy through your body and just focus on tuning into the present moment. Just honor the fact that you are here now. As you tune into the energy of this container, know that this is always welcome for you to tune into and connect with. At this point, we call on our guides, our team, our angels, and our ancestors to cleanse, clear, and release any energy that is not of our making that is not of the highest and is contrary to what we are creating for ourselves and others across all time and space, reality and dimension. We ask that this energy be cleansed, cleared and released and returned back to source. We ask that we call forth all of our power and our presence back to us so that we can remember our true divine presence, our light that radiates from within us so that we can show up and create radical transformation on the planet. We do this with so much love and so much gratitude. And so it is. Okay. Welcome back. For the third time. For the third time. I think I've got the record now. Third time's a charm. Yeah. Uh, nope. Heidi B still beat you. What's she at now? Five. Oh, come on. <laughs> Not even fair. I'll get four out of this series. We're going to have to jump on for another series. Got to overtake that. You know, the competitor in me is okay. just chomping at the bit for that one. Uh-huh. Well, welcome back. So this is... Um, <laughs> it's not a competition, though. It's not a competition. Right? We're not overly competitive. No. Not no. at all. No. Of course that not. That would be unhealthy. <laughs> True. <laughs> so we are back for part three. So we've... I guess we should probably recap for our own brain sure. a little bit of where yeah. we've been. So... We started with always and forever. (laughs) You want to elaborate on that? (laughs) (laughs) Where it all began. The fairy tale story. Yeah, the fairy tale. I think what I love. Disney princess story. Kinda. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. I think what I love most about that is there is hope that the fairy tales can exist. That, like, the sparks, the fireworks, the things that we mm-hmm. maybe dream about as little girls and whatnot. I don't know if you have the same kind of dreams of that, but... You mean to pick out my wedding dress one day and have an extravagant ball and I mean, I dancing and cake and the whole nine yards? <laughs> I didn't have that. Did you have that? No, not a good <laughs> <laughs> Not even a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I was out slaying dragons. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, you're With such my broadsword. You're such a dragon Long broadsword. Oh. <laughs> 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 okay, so part one was all about the fairy tales. Go listen to Matt slaying dragons with a long, long broadsword. <laughs> Tune back in to episode, I think it was 26. Episode 27, part two, was all about, I call it the humanity, like the, yeah. the reality of long-term relationships and being together also in the middle of a global pandemic and looking at some of the challenges that I think people deal with on a day-to-day basis of lack of communication, not having as much, if any, sex, um... You know. Yeah, all the trials and tribulations. Yeah, those that trials. Nobody is immune to. But apparently. Nobody is Learned immune to. Learn that one the hard way. Oh. That's cute. <laughs> you burst like, the bubble. You, you burst your bubble. Yeah. You thought that you could get away without having to work hard. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, so this is a kind of where we pull back into this what was the climax? What was the peak of our Kind of relationship turmoil, challenges, downfall. Yeah, we can call it a rock bottom potentially. A rock bottom. I I definitely felt like it was a rock bottom. Yeah. Um. How did we get there? <laughs> oh boy, um, God, there's so much that went into that that I think was unbeknownst to both of us. Mm. How the the downward the downward spiral was occurring. Um, we were kind of caught up in the whirlwind and were blind to the effects of it and honestly didn't see it coming. But I think we knew it was coming yeah. in a way. But I uh, just tried to ignore it and push it away until it did finally reach its breaking point. Mm. The day after Christmas of all days. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think when we looked back at the year of 2020, you know, our we grew further and further apart. Mm-hmm. Our lessons were... <laughs> Maybe not as obvious, but it was, as you said, it was kind of that unexpected expected Mm -hmm. where we had been, it felt like our patience was just non-existent with each other. And through the month of December, we had had some separations. We had had some fights where I had packed bags and been like, fuck you, I'm out. Yeah, some close calls. (laughs) Some close calls of almost coming to a close, and I think that was... It all kind of bubbled up and came up to the end. And well, I think it was like uh, the vision that I have in my head is like a light bulb flickering off. Like, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it shuts off and it comes back on, shuts off, comes back on, then just eventually goes to nothing mm-hmm. and it dies out. That's kind of what I would describe it as. And I think that the light there, essentially our willpower, <laughs> the willpower was draining yeah, and draining fast. And we just, we couldn't hold it together anymore. Yeah. 
And so December 26th, I moved out a lot of my stuff day after Christmas, woke up, and it was like my physical body knew exactly what was happening, I think, before my emotional body did. And I had the most intense knots in my neck and my back and my shoulders, and I couldn't breathe and I couldn't move. And... I think the breaking point for me was the fact that you had zero compassion for me. Mm-hmm. And no, yeah, no compassion and no empathy coming mm-hmm. from the healer in yeah. the relationship, which is kind of ironic, mm-hmm. is being able to give all that energy to other people and not the one that matters most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely it, didn't feel good. It felt like a struggle Yeah. in the moment. Yeah, so thank thank God for my friends and community and support, and I had a place to go. I packed up my bags and was able to take a couple days to kind of cool off and figure out what we were going to do, because at that point, you were saying, I need space. And I think it was witnessing, like, the absolute crumble of our relationship, and it was heartbreaking to sit there and be like wow he doesn't want to talk to me and I think the perspective that I had was there's always there's always hope there's always an opportunity for us to get back to basics to like reset refocus Mm -hmm. and in the month of December that was really when I poured into my own kind of perspectives of what, what what do we need what do I want what would I want for this and that was the birth of a new coaching program for something that I want to roll out with soul saturations called priority partnership because I truly believe that if we can put the priority into our partnership our our partners our love our relationships then we have the support system to be able to show up and do everything else that we want in life and that was absolute opposite of what was happening in our world so that that was one of those kind of silver linings was I was able to get really crystal clear on what we needed and what we want and at least what I needed and wanted at that time (laughs) (laughs) at this point you weren't really into it no my priorities I think were aligned in a little bit of a different manner yeah (laughs) skewed or however you want to picture it they were not Mm-hmm. falling within the same realm as yours so. mm-hmm. well and I think that's a great point to acknowledge is that if if you're not aligned with the same priorities it's really hard to match up and have a healthy relationship mm-hmm. yeah I think like the biggest one um, for me was that you were truly prioritizing the relationship us right? we talked about that last time you essentially became the caretaker of everything including trying to fix our relationship and who we were and I just didn't give a shit at the time because I was prioritized on what my purpose, my mission, me, right? It sounded very, um, it actually sounded very honorable mm. <laughs> in the moment. At least I felt that it was that way um, because I was finally prioritizing myself, which is something that I haven't really taken the time to do mm. in a long, long time. I've always been in a relationship, always been helping other people at the cost of my own wants, needs, and desires, and I, I felt like <laughs> I felt like I was finally putting my foot down and drawing a line in the sand, and it felt really good to do that, mm. even if it was 
hurting you on the other end because I thought that the means justified the end of where it was going to go. And what I meant by that was being able to stick it out longer because I felt like there was some type of an end, some type of light at the end of the tunnel. If I just keep, if I just kept focusing on myself a little bit longer, I would finally reach the <laughs> the unachievable, mm. so to speak, of perfection that I thought was possible. However, there really is no sense of perfection. There's just uh, constant work, which is what we <laughs> talked about last time. It's like and you never really do finally achieve the end goal, like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. There's always more work to be done. And that was a tough realization for me to have. Mm. Yeah. And I think I, at that point, had so much compassion for you because I knew that you wanted to focus on yourself and prioritize yourself. And, you know, I had said that before. I was like, I've had years of pouring into my own career and being single and exploring what I wanted. Um, And you had never had that opportunity. And so I think that you needed that space to think through that. And so when we finally got together to have a conversation of where the hell was this going? I was at a point where I was like, I am not bringing this shit into 2021. 2020 was enough of a fucking year. Let's make up our fucking minds. What are we doing? And I, in our kind of three-day break or split where I was staying with um, friends and you were at the house with the dog, I was like, okay, like, I got to know what I want. What's my line in the sand? Mm -hmm. And I always teach three rules. Don't settle, feel honored, and have fun. And I was like, I'm not going to settle for somebody who doesn't want to be all in with me, who doesn't want to put in the work, who doesn't want to be present, who doesn't want to show up and make our partnership a priority. So I very clearly had what I was looking for from this conversation. I knew I was willing to do the work, but if I wasn't willing, like if I wasn't going to be met by you, then it wasn't worth it for me. And so by the time we sat down on December 20, well, I guess it was December 28th Mm -hmm. that we sat down. So it was a two day break. Finally had this conversation. That was three days. It was a Monday. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) Monday. Sure. Um, had our break I think I could feel from the moment that I walked in that you were not in it all right and I I don't know if you remember this but I wrote a five-page kind of little short story I guess oh, I remember it was it was it was it a short story yeah we'll call it a short story where I essentially outlined and described everything that I was feeling in that moment and read it to you verbatim Mm-hmm. word for word and I don't think it's it's warranted to go into all the details of that uh, but essentially it was it was all over the place where I felt like the container of our relationship is essentially shattered mm-hmm. right and we're kind of at a crossroads mm-hmm. of can we rebuild this thing into a new container or is it too far gone mm-hmm. at that point and I think what we you know, finally settled on was you asked me the question after all of that, (laughs) very intuitively of, do you want this relationship? And I don't know if you remember, but I sat there for at least 10 minutes 
Like it felt like forever. Mm-hmm. And it was because in that moment I was trying to search for my inner voice and my intuition and trying to listen to what I was truly feeling at the time. And the words that kept coming up were, no, you need space. You need to figure your own shit out. And, you know, <laughs> the past wounds and traumas of, of my pattern um, of pushing everything down and ignoring it, that's what I was doing. That's what was taking me so long in that 10 minutes was pushing those words down and trying to ignore them and trying to logically rationalize why I shouldn't be feeling that mm-hmm. until I just couldn't take it anymore. And I said, no, we need to, we need to end this. We need to have space. You didn't say we need to end it. You said, no, we need, you said we need space. And yeah. I said, okay, we're done. Yeah. Something uh-huh. like that. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, don't worry. That was a very imprinted memory oh, in my brain. I'm sure it was. Um, but I think as I listened to you read out what you were feeling, what you were thinking, I said very clearly, I agree with every single thing that you said. I did think that our Mm -hmm. relationship container as it had existed before was shattered and it needed to be completely reset if we were going to start over. And even though I fully agreed with everything that you said, you still didn't see the, like you weren't to the point of embodying and believing the fact that we could restart that relationship container you weren't there and so when you said I need space I was like okay that's it and at that point that was okay we're done like we're gonna go our separate ways at this point if you're not willing to put in the work this is over and that was my hard line in the sand was it's done I'm not gonna I'm not going to play a fucking game with you until you figure out what you want because I know my worth. I know exactly what I have to offer. And if you couldn't see that and you felt that you needed space, then that was your loss because I know how fucking hard I've worked and how hard we work together. And I knew that that value existed. And the fact that you couldn't see it was, I'm done. That was my line in the sand. So we said, okay, I have space. I don't think I made eye contact with you for the Mm -hmm. rest of the evening. I grabbed a suitcase, packed up a big old bunch of my stuff, and and we decided, okay, you're going on a hunting trip the next day. You were planning to be gone all day long. You needed somebody to watch Lily. I figured, fine, I'll be here. I'll pack up my things, and I'll go. And that was that. Um, Except for there was one more question there that um, I guess it still really bothered me afterwards was you actually asked me if I believed in you anymore. Mm. And that was the one that was imprinted in my brain the most. It wasn't the relationship one. It was the, do you believe in me? Because once again, I sat there and struggled with that question, contemplating what's the right answer (laughs) to say, because the logical answer would would be to say yes. I do, right? But the words that came out were, no, I didn't. Mm -hmm. Because in that moment, up until that point, everything that happened that year had essentially, I mean, partially due to my own faults, um, it it pushed you away and it it broke trust. And I did, I stopped believing in you. I stopped believing in us. But most importantly, the underlying, I guess, theme or the common thread behind all of that was I stopped believing in myself. Mm. So if I didn't believe in myself, how the hell could I believe in you? 
how the hell could I believe in us? It was impossible, mm. right? I was grasping at straws in my own inner being. <laughs> I couldn't figure out who the hell I was or who or what I wanted in that moment. So yeah, at that point, no, I couldn't believe in you. And that crushed my heart. Like I felt it at that time, like that heaviness in my chest. Um, but I knew that those words needed to be said because I couldn't, I couldn't choke them down anymore. And that was like sitting in the back of my head during that whole entire hunting trip as well, how much that hurt me. And I can only imagine how much it hurt you <laughs> in the moment too. I think that was the moment of true mm-hmm. shatter. And yeah. yeah. That, mm-hmm. I was done. And that night, I couldn't go back to my friend's house. I had to, I, I needed a separate space. And I called my dad. Mm-hmm. I said, Matt, and I broke up. I need a place to stay. <laughs> yeah, it was like the worst night of my life. Which led up to <laughs> three weeks of the worst nights of my life the longest three weeks I think as well yeah so my dad has always been (laughs) my rock my savior my like swoop in when I need everything and you know he of course made space my stepmom too and the next day we came and you were gone on your hunting trip And I told my dad, okay, this is it. Like, we're done. And so we loaded up the trailer, and we came and we moved every single thing out of this house. Very efficiently, too. Yeah, thank you, Kit Merritt, for the efficiency. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because my hunting trip ended up getting cut short, and I was coming home a lot earlier than expected, and you're like, well, I'm done. I got everything out of here. And it was like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) Yeah. There's no fucking way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think you expected me to move everything out. No. No. But I, I, it was everything out, like art off the walls, like mirrors packed up, art furniture, everything was just gone. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had to be done. So when you said your hunting trip was packed was cut short, I was like, okay. I got to have everything out and we loaded everything up and my dad was like, okay, do you want me to wait? Are you ready? Like we had my car loaded and his car with the trailer loaded and we were ready to go. And I was like, I need you to leave. I need five minutes in this house. And I sat here and I sobbed for five minutes and Lily was a wreck the whole Mm. time I was packing. She like didn't know where to sit, where to lay down. She was just, like, sad. And I sat there with her before I left, and I just cried with her, and I was like, okay, I love you. <laughs> and that was it. She's always been my rock. She's always been the, I think, the mirror, the, the reflection of everything that I'm feeling. And then, you know, by proxy, you mm-hmm. as well. And... As I was coming back from that hunting trip, as I got closer and closer to the house, I kind of had a picture in my head of what I was expecting to see, Mm -hmm. right? So I was already preparing myself 
And as I backed into the driveway, there was this, like that choking sensation, almost like this pure constriction throughout my entire body where I felt like I couldn't breathe. And sure enough, like when I walked up that door and opened it up, there was nothing. It was barren in there. And it, I think it, like you said, it surpassed my <laughs> expectations of what I was going to find. And it was just heart-wrenching for me. I broke down like I never have before. Just, I mean, talk about <laughs> sobbing. I walked around to every single room in this house, every single bed, laid on the floor, cried in every single fucking room for hours. And at that point, you had already sent the text message that um, you wanted 30 days of like no communication, so blocking cell phone numbers, blocking all social media platforms. And I was like trying to send you a text, like I'm not in a good place right now. And I wouldn't go through, hit that green. And that's where I just lost it even more. <laughs> like this fucking sucks bad. So <laughs> of course, like I'm at the point where like, I don't know who to talk to mm. at this point. It's just, it, so I ended up texting one of our mutual friends I just I needed to have somebody to talk to and she actually <laughs> she actually asked she's like do you want to do you want to talk on the phone I'm like no I, I can't formulate words at this point because <laughs> it was it was just I was a hot mess um, so between her and then another guy friend of mine they were able to kind of talk me off the ledge but if there was any point of like deepest darkest holes of depression that was it like I could in that moment realize like what people go through when they look at firearms in a different way. Like here I am out on a hunting trip mm. and like I come back in, I see my pistol. And I'm like, man, this is what people go through. Like this is terrible. Not to mention they live in that space. Yeah. So for me to have a fleeting <laughs> moment of it, it was like, this is some real shit mm. right now. Um, so it was an interesting, I guess, juxtaposition to my marriage at that point, because when that thing ended, I showed no emotion. I think I was so checked out for over two years on it, but with you, it was completely different. Like every single emotion and feeling was just welling up and pouring over out of me. Like talk about having a headache and just burning red eyes. Like that's the picture I could paint for you all. Like it was bad, mm. bad, 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 bad. But I knew in that moment, that you go back to that whole um, Victor Frankl line that I used last time uh, between every stimulus and response, there's space. And then that space is where you can make the choice of how you're going to respond or how you're going to act. And that's what I kind of kept holding on to. And it was, and I, when I mean like space, it was like every second, like, okay, just get through the next second. Okay. Just get through the next 30 seconds. Just get through the next minute. Just get through the next hour. And, uh, you know, Regina and Brian were, were there to kind of help me stand strong and get through those moments. Because those were some of the toughest moments in my life. But I knew then, too, that if I can get through those moments, I would be able to get through those 30 days that mm -hmm. you requested. Mm -hmm. Because that was the space that was actually needed then to help me sit and reflect. And in that moment, that's where I committed. I made the verbal commitment to myself. I wrote it down later that I would now devote the time to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Truly 
to me and not in the way that I thought it was before, but on a deeper level and actually feeling into my gut and not just staying up in my head and trying to, you know me, I've got a, too big of a brain. It's like pushing out my nose and my ears and everything that um, my tendency is to rely on that more than anything else. Mm. And I knew that that was tapped out. I couldn't, I couldn't do that anymore, nor didn't have any more of it, but it was no longer effective. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely the hardest day of my life for sure. Um, I, I just sat on the floor in my room at my dad's house and sobbed for mm, a couple hours. And then I pulled my life together and I got in a shower and I like dressed up cause it was a girlfriend's birthday. And so we went out to dinner and that night after I had moved everything out, I went, I met my mom and my sister for happy hour at Houston's. We had a glass of wine. And it was the most transparent conversation I had ever had with either one of them. Mm -hmm. And I, I think in that moment, I found my own strength. I think it was knowing that no matter what, I'm so supported. I had friends. I had family. I had my spirit guides. Like, I was... I was so supported in that moment and I knew that I had to honor myself and I think that was the biggest lesson for us was we had to have that space to reset and I think fuck time stood still Mm -hmm. it moved so slowly it was like okay an hour and it was the longest hour of my days. And thank God I was busy. My my month was so busy. I was running a group coaching program that was these incredible, incredible women that were together. Um, and I had enough stuff to like pour my energy into. And it gave me the space to say, who do I need to be to show up to honor myself? And... You know, I got crystal clear on my visions for the year and setting my big goals for my business. And, you know, I just, I took time to get back to my own meditation practice, my own moving my body and staying hydrated and eating well. And I restarted my yoga practice, which is literally, I think is what saved my life. And I definitely sobbed through an entire yoga class one time and that was really fun. Um, but it's okay. I showed up. I was on the mat. I moved, moved the energy. And I think in that time space where I had decided, and big shout out to Heidi B, um, it's something that we coach in our group coaching program is when you're creating closure, you've got to honor closure. And that's where the, I need 30 days, no contact. Mm-hmm. And I knew in that moment, before I even got home from leaving your house, I was like, I have to block him. If I don't right now, I'm going to obsess. I'm going to constantly check your location and watch your phone. Are you home? I was able to like look at your stories and your Instagram mm-hmm. and go look at photos. And I was like, I can't. I can't pour my energy there. And so I had to close the energetic pathways. And I didn't even give you an opportunity mm-hmm. to respond. Yeah. Because that would have been like pouring salt in the wound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it 
it kind of pissed me off a little bit too right? <laughs> in the beginning because like one thing that I learned, um, especially, you know, going through divorce and other relationships is that when I was alone and single, I'd done such a great job at setting up boundaries and expectations <laughs> for myself. Like I was living my purpose and passion, fulfilling my mission, really living by my values and set up some pretty strong boundaries. But then the minute that I got into a relationship, you included, mm-hmm. they went out the window. And not necessarily right away, but they would, I guess, dissolve and fade over time. And that was that was hard for me because you set a very, very, very strong boundary on that one. And I couldn't do anything about it. No. I couldn't control it. Right, which was also one of those, you know, inner wounds of mine is trying to always control every outcome. Mm -hmm. But that's also because it it comes from that logical big brain of mine. Um, (laughs) So smart. So too smart. Too too smart. (laughs) Inner inside joke. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I could no longer control you, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not like I was ever like physically controlling, but like controlling the situation of what we were going through. I wanted to have, always have the upper hand on it and I could no longer do that. And at the same time though, it was kind of a relief, Mm. right? So there was the initial state of fear and anxiety. I had no idea what that was going to turn out to be, but then there was also that relief of, okay, now you do truly have the space because you can't do a fucking thing about it. Yep. And it was just like jumping off of a cliff without a parachute. <laughs> Free falling. Free fall. Can I break out the guitar and do a little Tom Petty? No, you know? no, we didn't have them in here. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think that that was just a beautiful opportunity. We talk mm-hmm. a lot about the gift of contrast, but in that space, I knew as much as I, like, Okay, you talked to Regina the day I moved my things out. And mm-hmm. Regina was like, okay, I gotta let you know this. Like, I don't really know how to say it, but he wants to talk to you and he is not doing well. I was like, okay, well, I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> um, and so, you know, she was so gracious to be able to help support both of us in that moment. And I think when when I really look at that space, I was able to fully show up and to fully like crack my heart open to all the things that I was really feeling. And, you know, Regina gave a lot of clarity where she was like, you got to show up and be vulnerable and share that with the community. And that's something that she teaches. Like she's an incredible business coach and, I had to find that space of what I was comfortable sharing. So go back to my podcast at the very beginning of 2021 and listen to those. But I was able to just show up and share my process and move through a lot of that energy. And, you know, I I think in that space, as much as I wanted to communicate with you, I knew that I needed to take the space for myself too. And so it was kind of like that, free-falling parachute of like okay gotta just go into it and it gave me such profound wisdom to know what already existed within me like I could feel my own internal guidance system guiding me exactly where I needed to go and it was 
really restoring that faith in myself and that faith in divine and just full trust and surrender. And so you kept telling Regina that you wanted to talk to me and I kept saying, nope, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And so until (laughs) (laughs) I think what gave me the, the space, cause I had said 30 days, no contact. That's a rough guideline, right? Like we say, it depends on what you need. And I had very clearly moved through my process of where I was at. And I knew that I wasn't going to open that doorway. I wasn't going to open that lines of communication until I was fully ready and fully processed to where I needed to be. And, um, you know, I think what helped me is I kept talking about it. I kept like speaking it into existence of what I wanted and moving through that process. And my sister and I would go on these hikes every week and I would just pour my heart out and she would listen and give support and I could support her and her process and things that she was going through as well. But talking to it made me get really clear on what I wanted. And another one of my amazing girlfriends said, you need to know exactly what you want to hear from him. And I had a pretty solid list of what I wanted from you before I was willing to open that lines of communication. And so I still wasn't, I didn't know if I was fully ready, but I reached out to you because I knew you were supposed to be going on this trip with the Olympics. You were supposed to be going to Morocco. (laughs) You were supposed to be going to Morocco for three weeks, and I knew I didn't want to wait another three weeks. Well, that was, I guess that was what was going through my head, too, is I saw 30 days turning into potentially three months. Mm -hmm. Like, should my travel schedule pick up? Because I would be off to Morocco, back here, and then off to Egypt, and back here, and I'd only be here for a week at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could have turned into a whole <laughs> other situation or a scenario, you know, come to find out that we couldn't even physically really get together and talk until, like, the spring. Yeah. And I couldn't have that. Because I had, just like you, I needed to gain a lot of clarity yeah. around what I wanted and what I wanted for us. And I've always been a very prolific writer. So I have my Team USA journal that has like, had like 40 pages worth of thoughts and reflections and introspections written up to it and to that point. And I did become very clear and I was ready to have that conversation with you because I couldn't foresee myself missing the opportunity to tell you exactly how I felt and what I wanted and where I believed that we could go before I traveled. Yeah, and I think at that point I was like, okay, I need to know if he's going to meet me where I want, if we're going to show up and be able to reset this container and reset the container with the energy that was going to honor both of us and honor our own individual purposes. And so I, I was like, I was very comfortable at that point to be able to say, okay, even though it hasn't been 30 days, and I called Heidi and I was like, Heidi, I think I got to break the rule. She's like, babe, it's a guideline. You're okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's more of a gray zone. It's a guideline. Guidelines. Uh, Rules are meant to be broken anyway. No, 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 no. (laughs) Um, And so it was that I I made the decision, okay, I'll, I'll talk to you. And I, picked a day that felt like I had enough space and I sent you an email and I said okay we can meet 
And I really didn't know what to expect. And I think at first I was like, I don't want to step back into this house because obviously the last time was emotionally traumatic and challenging. And uh, I didn't really like know where to go with that. And so I suggested a public location, which really (laughs) fucking pissed you off. Big time. Big time. Big, big time. I think I put it in a very eloquent way, though. Uh, yeah, only after Regina talked you off the fucking ledge. Yeah, I needed that <laughs> first. Uh, well, I mean, and, and tr- but to put some truth and reality into the context of that situation, I knew the conversation that I wanted to have, and I did not want it to take place in a public arena where I didn't feel like it honored the emotions that were going to come up. Because I know me, and being in a public situation like that, I would have blocked everything and put it down. It wouldn't have been authentic or real. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So we just need to change that environment up. And I did acknowledge the fact that this was a very traumatic experience the last time you were here, but I wanted you to come back to our house. And I used that word, our. You said our home. Our home in the email. Not even house. Yeah. And to me, that was very intentional. Mm-hmm. And I think the amount of times that I read that email in that week leading up to it was like, okay, he... He wouldn't have said our home if he didn't mean it. And that meant a lot to me. Like, that that was what made me feel safe to come back to this space. As much, as, as much fear as I had surrounding it. But, you know, I think when we decided to get back together, we both were in a place where we knew what we wanted and it was just whether or not we could clearly communicate and get on the same page and I think that uh, <laughs> one of those things that was always a, a hallmark of our relationship together is our ability to communicate mm-hmm. I never really I never really doubted it it was just what was that communication going to be about and where was that conversation going to go um because, you know, we started off this conversation here today talking about how there's always work to be done and there are trials and tribulations amongst every relationship and not even just romantic ones, but yeah. even business relationships and friendships and, and all that, um, even teammates and sports uh, to relate that to my world. And the I think the distinguishing factor of what made us different compared to anything else, any other relationship for that matter, platonic or romantic was our ability to communicate and the level of deep communication that we were capable of because mm. there was always real and raw and authentic with you mm. right and so I knew we always had that to fall back on and I think that that communication piece is um, it's the backbone to relationships totally. I mean you can have all the great sex in the world you can be adventurous and spontaneous with each other and have a lot of fun together but at the end of the day you can't talk to each other one in a clear way but two in an authentic way and I think the relationship is lost yeah well and I think you know your sex isn't even that good if you can't communicate about mm-hmm. what you want so right, right. <laughs> yeah see how that goes both ways yeah <laughs> well I think you know that is that has always been our foundation mm-hmm. if we pull it back full circle to where we started yeah. those five 
non-negotiable values that I had very clearly. Purpose, communication, adventure and well-being, physical touch, and connection to source. All those things still existed. Mm -hmm. So as I was looking at that, I knew that those five values for me hadn't changed. And I had to just honor myself and surrender and trust that it was going to work out the way that was going to serve me best and us together. Ultimately us. Mm. Mm. All right. Well, I think at that point, stay tuned till next week. For the real climax. For the real climax. And put a bow on this whole thing. I mean, that's the great part about relating this to sex is people have such a linear perspective of <laughs> sex that set, like you get one climax and then it's over but really once really, you know how to there are multiple there's multiple climaxes <laughs> the next one even better than the last always <laughs> so much gratitude to our guides for holding this container and thank you for listening in if you love this episode leave us a review and more next week Thanks so much for joining me today. If you loved this episode, I deeply appreciate you subscribing and leaving a five-star review. Come join me online at soulsaturations.com or follow me on Instagram at soulsaturations. Feel free to slide into my DMs anytime and let me know what you love, what resonates, or any questions that you might have. And remember, only you can activate the light within.